Uh, good evening, everybody. Good evening. Well, my name is George Waure. I'm a member of this church. Uh, I will need you to keep your Bibles open because we will be referring to it from time to time. So today, as you've heard, we will be looking at that statement, I am the resurrection and the life. Now, the unsettling thing about talking about resurrection is you inevitably talk about death. And in our passage, there is a death. And the death is the death of, you never guess it, Jesus' friend. Jesus' friend. The one whom he loves. You must be joking. How did that happen? And I can't blame you for thinking like that. Because you would not associate Jesus' friend dying. But right in the center of this emotionally charged account, Jesus is approaching his friend's funeral. And there are some harrowing words that come from Lazarus' sisters. Actually, both of them. So if you look at verse 21. Verse 21 it is said in verse 21 and repeated against, again in verse 32. If you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now presumably Mary and Martha must have seen Jesus healing people. They must have known that Jesus just needs to utter one word to heal their brother. And they're right. In fact, if you look at What the Jews are saying, the Jews who are present in verse 36, uh, sorry, 37, they're saying, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind, of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? And the implication is, we have seen Jesus in action, and we know he could have kept Lazarus from dying. He could have healed Lazarus. And they are spot on too. Sickness is no match for Jesus. But if Jesus would have come sooner, if he had come sooner, he would only have sickness to deal with. But death, that's final. That's too late. That's impossible. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, if someone was to come and tell me uh, that my friend is critically ill, uh, do you think I would delay for another two more days? Would you delay for another two more days? I don't think so. So it's surprising that Jesus doesn't go straight away. Jesus delays for another two days for the, in the place where he was. And you can ask yourself, why two days? Why two days? We'll probably get the answer later. Hopefully. But that delay seems to be crucial to what is just about to happen. And if you look at our passage in verse 4, I think Jesus tells us what, what the purpose of this is. Verse 4. It is for the glory of God so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. 
So what is about to happen is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now, one reason that might surprise us is, uh, is that Jesus seems to be concerned about more than just our physical welfare. And for those who have been told, maybe in the church or at home or in other places, that what Jesus really, 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 really wants is for you to be happy, to live a long life, and to be healthy. So this comes as a, as a shock. Listen, let's just be, let's call it what it is, let's be honest, okay? Jesus allowed Lazarus to die. He actually allows this family to taste the sting of death. I mean, who does that? Who does that to their friends? That is shocking behavior from Jesus. But then Jesus seems to have something better in store for them. It seems as if Jesus has an infinitely more precious gift for this family. The gift of knowing him. Jesus wants to show them that he is the resurrection and the life. And to do that, there must be a death. And I think that the same thing that Jesus wants for Lazarus' family is the same thing he wants for every one of us here who is hearing this story. And you can see when Jesus is praying in his public prayer on, uh, in verse 41, he is talking about the purpose for, for this occasion. He says, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew you were always, you always hear me. But I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. I am just saying this for the sake of everyone around me, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, there are a couple of things that are quite shocking about Jesus. Quite a number of things, but we'll focus on just three. In verse three, when he's told that the person he loves is about to die, he stays two more days. Two more days. And number two, in verse 14, when Lazarus dies, Jesus supernaturally knows that he's dead. And he tells his disciples. The third thing is, in verse 5, verse 5 makes it clear that Jesus loves Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. But shockingly, when he meets the bereaved sisters, he doesn't use the normal words. Of consolation. You know them. I'm sorry for your loss. Or, oh, you poor sisters, you've lost your only brother. Or, he bore the sickness bravely. He was a brave man. Or, he's not in pain anymore. He has rested. Or the classic one. He's gone to a better place. That's the classic one. He uses none of that. 
Jesus consoles them by directing attention to himself. To himself. Everyone is crying, everyone is crying, everyone is mourning. Instead of consoling them using the normal words, he directs attention to himself. So he says in verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though they die. And he and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Now Jesus is kind enough to unpack the resurrection and the life. So he tells us resurrection means he who believes in me will live even though they die. And their life means whoever lives and believes in me will never die. In other words, they will have eternal life. So Jesus is concerned with our eternal well-being. But there's a big question he's asking. Do you believe this? And he's asking Martha, do you believe this? And it's a question for us. Do you believe this? I love Martha's response. Let's go through Martha's response from verse 21. Verse 21. First of all, she acknowledges the Lordship of Jesus, calling him Lord. Lord. Verse 22. She knows God and Jesus are one. And to borrow the words from Kenny from, from last week, when he said God and Jesus are in sync. She knows God and Jesus are in sync. So she says, God will give you whatever you ask. And in verse 24, she believes in the bodily resurrection at a certain future date called the last day. In verse 27, she knows that Jesus is the promised Messiah. And she acknowledged the, the, the godness of Christ, the deity of Jesus. And she's aware that Jesus comes from God in heaven. Wow. Wow. Remember, Martha only has the Old Testament. The New Testament hasn't been written. There's no Gospels. There are no Epistles. There's nothing to explain what happened how Jesus lived, whatever he meant. Even the cross hasn't happened. And yet, she knows all these things about Jesus. However, there is one thing she doesn't know about Jesus. She doesn't know that she is staring in the face of the resurrection. She is looking at resurrection in the face. This is the one who will make that day happen. He is the one who will make that last day happen. She is looking at him. But she didn't know that he was the resurrection. So Jesus seems to be saying to Martha, uh, Martha, 
I am the resurrection and the life. On that day and on this day, do you believe it? That's a massive claim. That's a big one. Especially given the circumstances. So Martha would understandably struggle. Just as we would. We would struggle. My brother has just died. You're saying, today? He will come to life today? Martha is struggling. Remember we said you can't talk about resurrection unless you talk about death. And it's even more difficult to talk about the death of a friend. The death of a friend. Nevertheless, let's talk about the death of Jesus' friends. Let's talk about Lazarus. Lazarus. Um, Lazarus. Um, actually, we don't know much about Lazarus. To be honest, we, we don't know too much about him. But there are a couple of things we can pick up. If, if you look at verse 1, we know that he is from a village called Bethany. On that same verse 1, we know that he has two sisters, mm-hmm. Martha and Mary. On the same verse 1, we know that he is sick. And in verse 11, we know that he is a friend of Jesus and a friend of the disciples. In verse 14, we know that he has died. Wow. Now the thing about dying, in those days if you are to live in Bethany and you happen to die, they would have you in the grave within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Why? Why? Because Bethany is in a desert country A hot place with no air conditioning, with no mog, with no mortuary, with no form of preserving a dead body. There are no embalming fluids, no coroners, no funeral directors. You can't keep the body. So all you can do as a family is to wash this guy up very quickly, smear him with a few spices to mitigate the smell, wrap him up in linen, put a cloth on his head, and put him in a cave. Bury him. 24 hours, he's in there. Finished. Kaput. Quisha. Kalas. That's done. And then we can start mourning for seven days. Okay? For seven days. So the family can come. They can mourn the relatives, the friends, the funeral musicians, if you're a bit well off. If you're a bit more well off, you can get professional mourners coming in from, from Jerusalem. Seven days. That's what's going to happen. So the place is going to be busy. And you can see from, from, from our passage that people came from Jerusalem. People came from Jerusalem. So the place was packed. Seven days of mourning. Four days. 
That's how long Lazarus has been in the grave, according to our passage. Four days. Now I'm going to give a, what is called a gross, gross alert. So kids, I'm really, really sorry. This is going to be a bit grossy, a bit. Okay? If it gets too hard, then you can you know, block your ears, but I'll tell you when it gets better. And also for some of us who are a bit squeamish, I apologize in advance. But I did a little bit of research to find out what happens to a dead body. I'll read it to you. Uh, in zero to two hours, the breathing stops. Yeah. The heart stops beating, yeah. and there's no circulation to other organs. So they begin to die, such as the kidney and the brain. In three to six hours, the skin goes pale, the muscles stiffen, and in seven to 12 hours, the body has lost all its heat and is very stiff. In one to two days, everything has gone soft again. The skin tightens and the hair stand on end. All blood has drawn from the circulation. And due to gravity, it is accumulating in the lower, in the lower parts of the body. So in day two, the body begins to decompose. On day three, the eyes, the eardrums, the stomach, the lungs, the heart, the brain, they are now decomposing at a very fast rate. They are now in a form of a green liquid and smelly gases start to be released. Ladies and gentlemen, meet Lazarus. Meet Lazarus. Now the medical article actually said once the flesh has begun to decompose, because they were talking about resuscitating people and they were saying if you have just died for an hour, you can't be resuscitated. For four hours, you can't be resuscitated. For six hours, you can't be resuscitated. But this will be the trouble. This will be wrong. For this many, you can't be resuscitated. And then they have another list of five where they said this is beyond resuscitation. Okay? At top of the list was decapitation. You know, chop <laughs> of your head, that's it, finished, kaboom, done. Okay? The other bit, if you die, they say the minute decomposition begins, that's it. Okay? According to our timeline, decomposition begins in day two. In two days. In two days, three is gone. In two days. How long did Jesus extend his stay? Someone help us, four days? How long did he extend? Two days. He stayed there for extra two days. Why two days? Why two days? So that Lazarus will be deader than dead. You can't resuscitate him. He is 
dead. He's on that list now. Okay? Jesus knows. He, he stays for an extra two days. Now, by the fourth day, uh, Lazarus is... Um, uh, let's just say Lazarus is in a stage where uh, there's no possibility of resuscitation, okay? Let's just keep it clean, okay? Okay? He, he has reached there. Yeah, he, we now agree he is, he is now beyond, beyond resuscitation. Now, Jesus shows up on the fourth day. Not even on the second day. On the fourth day, Jesus shows up. And when he comes, he, he says, Take away this stone! <laughs> no, no, no. This guy has been there four days. On the third day, he's already admitting those... Uh, in fact, they, they, if... Is emitting those, those, those spells. This is day four. Day four. Roll away this stone. And Martha knows this. Martha knows this. So if you look at verse 39, where Jesus says, Take away this stone. The same verse. What does Martha say? But Lord, it's been four days. Four days. There's a stench. There's an order. Now there's, 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 there's a version of the Bible which is called King James Version. They use the old English. Okay? It, say, it, says, it, it says it like this. Lord, by this time, he stinketh. By this time he stinketh. Okay? In other words, Jesus, Martha is saying, Jesus, this guy is too far gone. Okay? Leave him. Let him be. You cannot roll this stone out. But Jesus responds in verse 40. Look at verse 40. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Verse 40. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Beautiful. Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? In other words, Jesus is telling Martha, Martha, take your eyes off the corpse, put your eyes on the Christ. Take your eyes off the corpse, fix your eyes on the Christ. Do you, do you get it? Yeah. Martha, it doesn't matter whether that corpse is one hour, four hours, six hours, one day, two days, started decomposing, three days, becoming mushy, four days beyond. It doesn't matter, Martha. Take your eyes off the corpse, fix your eyes on the Christ. This is happening what, not because of what is happening over there. Not because of what is happening over there. It's because of what is happening over here. The power is over here. The corpse doesn't matter. Doesn't matter how far gone it is. Take your eyes off the corpse. Put your eyes on the Christ. That's what Jesus is saying here, essentially. I am the resurrection. 
I am the life. You will see the glory of God today. Doesn't matter. Four days, two days, one hour, ten days. I am the resurrection. The power is in Christ. So in verse 43, when Jesus calls out to Lazarus, Lazarus, come out! You can imagine the tension. Because Martha knows Lazarus is dead, dead, dead. The mourners know Lazarus is dead, dead, dead. Everyone knows this is the fourth day. There's nothing left. No eyes left. No heart left. There are no lungs left. There's no brain left. Nothing is left on this corpse. And yet Jesus is calling out to this corpse. There must be attention. Questions in their mind. Is it going to happen? Is it possible? It's never been done. Can it? Won't it? Will it? They're all waiting. And I love the way the Bible says it. Look, I love it. I love the Bible. Look, look at verse 44. Just, it's, it's beautiful. Look at verse 44. Look at verse 44. Someone just read that verse 44. In a, in a loud voice. The man who had died... The man who has died came out. My version says the dead man came out. The dead man came out. He's alive. He's alive. Jesus actually brought him back. He did it. He did it. Awesome resurrection. No organs left. And yet, he came back to life. From a green soup of a man to a functioning man. Lazarus can see. Lazarus can hear. Lazarus can talk. Lazarus can eat. His heart can pump. His brain can function. From what? A green soup. Awesome resurrection power. Resurrection power is creative power. This guy has a brand new body. He has a brand new body. And that is what Jesus is promising us. A brand new body. Doesn't matter how far gone it's gone. A brand new body. We have Verona. Verona always complains about... Uh, this is hurting, or this is hurting, this is... It doesn't matter how far gone, Verona. Doesn't matter. A brand new body, Verona. A brand new body. Yes. He, he, resurrection power is creation power. Creative power. Doesn't matter how far gone. Question is... Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Now the Bible says in verse 45, verse 45, it says, Many believed, many believed, many believed. 
Sadly, verse 46 says, some didn't. Some didn't. It wasn't for lack of evidence. The evidence is right there. The dead man came out. He's walking. He's talking. He's eating. He's right in front of you. You're staring at a resurrected man. It wasn't for lack of evidence. It was a choice. It was a choice. They chose to snitch on Jesus instead. They went and told the Pharisees. Which camp will you choose today? Which camp will you choose today? Will you be among the believers? The ones who say, Jesus, I accept you. You are the resurrection. You are the life. I believe it. I will put my trust in you. And I will look forward to the promise of a new body and a new life. Or will you be among those who don't believe and won't believe? Those who have the eternal judgment ahead of them. The evidence is before you today and is pointing to Jesus being the resurrection and the life. We didn't read the following verses from 47. But after this miracle, they were plotting to kill Jesus. And no long, not long after this, they actually killed Jesus. They battered his body and nailed him to the cross. And he will be in the grave for two days. Two days. We know what happens to the body after two days. It starts decomposing. On the third day, it gets worse. But on the third day, praise God, he rose again. On the third day, he rose again. He's alive. He's alive. And because he's alive, I will live. Because he lives, I will live. That's his promise. That's his promise, not mine. He promised resurrection to all who believe. The glory of God has been displayed in Jesus' power over sin and death. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Will you believe this? And the invitation is open today. Not tomorrow. Not the day after. Today. Listen to the words of the Apostle John. In chapter 20. Verse 30 to 31. Now Jesus did many other miracles. Many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Do you believe? Will you believe? 
In closing, I will share with you the words of this wonderful believer song. Through all life's sorrows and despairs, I will not be moved. When facing death, I need not fear. I have this hope secured. Because Christ died at Calvary, sin has on me no claim. Because he overcame the grave, with him I will be raised. Where, O grave, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Eternity is won for me by heaven's eternal king. And on that glorious final day, I will not sleep or fade, but gazing on his nail-pierced hands, I'll instantly be changed. Robed with immortality, before his throne we will sing, at last reflecting the glory of our King. Where, O grave, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? Eternity is won for me by heaven's eternal king.